you know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 nba 2k24 now the only place where you'll see trades in the nba if you play the my league modes because the trade deadline passed today so myself momuzi alongside me as always former front office executive and NBA oh, agent, oh, Mr. BJ Armstrong. Wow, we get technical wow. today. Uh, uh, yes, we'll be, we we'll be breaking down all the trades from today's trade deadline. We're going to jump straight in. BJ, I'm okay. not even going to ask how you're doing today. I just want to know, are you ready? I, as I always tell you every day, I stay ready so I never have to get ready, Mo. So Facts. let's get it. Facts. Well, <laughs> today kicked off. Uh, I had a meeting today. And, oh, um, wow. How'd and, it go? How'd your meeting it, go? It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, but as I walked into the meeting, we got our first trade of the day. And as I sat in that meeting, my phone was going off and off and off and off. And all the trades oh, happened wow. in the duration of my meeting. Perfect oh, wow. timing. I said in okay. the Discord yesterday, if you guys aren't in the Discord, you can join it in the link. I said, don't worry, guys. I'm going to make sure I'm busy tomorrow because trades always happen when I'm busy. So the first deal of the day, the Philadelphia 76ers acquired Buddy Heald from the Indiana Pacers uh, with Furk and Korkmaz and Marcus Morris and three second round picks departing the Sixers. Uh, BJ. So they get Marcus Morris. Furk and Korkmaz. Okay, and Korkmaz. Okay. Okay. Um, but that deal then did evolve, and I believe the San Antonio Spurs got involved. So the San Antonio Spurs received Marcus Morris, uh, second round pick, and some cash. Um, but I think Marcus Morris Senior is going to be waived. I don't know if Furkan Corkmans is going to be waived, but Doug McDermott returns to the Indiana Pacers. But we did call this yesterday. Uh, mm -hmm. when I asked you about who the Sixers should go for, you said Buddy Heald, so we already know your thoughts on that one. <laughs> um, the day started off well for the Sixers. It did get a little bit worse later on. We'll get to that. Um, okay. But for the Pacers, um, you know, Buddy Heald was going to leave as a free agent anyway this summer. We already know his burner account. He was begging to leave the franchise. His burner account, funnily enough, BJ, tweeted an hour before this trade happened, are there any good burger spots in Philly? Mm. So confirmation there that it is Buddy Heald. But enough about that. The next trade that happened, another one we discussed yesterday. Um, the Raptors got Kelly Olenek and O'Shea Agbaji from the Utah Jazz. And going to the Jazz is Otto Porter Jr., who I think has been waived now. Uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. and a Who went to the Raptors? Who's that, who's that name? Otto Porter Jr. Oh, out of Won Porter. a championship okay. with the Warriors recently. Kyra Lewis Jr., who was from New Orleans in the trade of OG Ananobi, or was it the OG trade or was it the Pascal trade? It was part of that three-team deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and a 2024 first round pick, which will probably be a really late pick, probably on like the, the bottom five picks of, okay. of the first round. Um, the Raptors get Olenek, big man who can space the floor. Contract comes off the books this summer, but also add some nice versatility as he could shoot and uh Jacopo. Don't know if you trust him shooting. Agbaji has um, had a tough start to his career. He's shown some good defense. He had a great college career. Offensively, a lot of work to be done. So maybe that's a project that Masai sees. But um, it's interesting to me, the second year in a row, Masai Jury trades a first-round pick in exchange for a basically bench-caliber big man in Jakobel last year and Kelly Olenek this year. Um, for a team rebuilding, I don't know why they're giving up those first-round picks. Maybe it was a financial move. Um Maybe I just want to see how having a floor spacing big can help their offense. Any other thoughts on that one, BJ? Well, I, I will say this. You say you don't know why. Well, again, I think the value that is placed on these first round picks and the production of those first round picks 
to me, seems obvious that if you're going to get a player late in the first round, you're probably going to get a player that will be a rotational player, more than likely probably a bench player. So to get a portal, portal, I think that's how you pronounce his name, or, yeah. and Kelly Olenek, that seems about right for me of what you're going to get. Those are really good players, I think, for where you're drafting. So, you know, when you start looking at the the actual value and the production of that, if you told me right now I can get Kelly Olenek with a late first-round pick, I'm taking that, okay? But because of the way the game is played, his versatility, what he's done, and I think he happens to be a winning player on a good team. That's just my personal opinion. Yep. So I think that's a and you and you get in a starting center with a late first round pick. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. port, I mean, I, I don't think you get better than that. But again, it's a very subjective thing. But if you told me I can get to a rotational player and a starting player with that package, I'm taking that all day. So, you know, I think that's a I think that's terrific for Toronto, what they were able to do. The Sixers trade Daniel House Jr., legend of the NBA bubble, to the Detroit Pistons. And I think House has also been waived. And that must just be a salary salary type move uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. So not too much to say about that one. But then I think uh, the OKC Thunder traded with the Charlotte Hornets. They received Gordon Hayward in exchange for Vasile Micic, Trey Mann, Davis Bertans, and draft compensation. Fascinating to watch what OKC is going to do because of their record right now. Um, you know, currently they they have the number one seed there in the Western Conference. And, you know, it's fascinating to get a guy like Gordon Hayward. I think he will be terrific where he's at in his career. I think that could be a nice place and a nice home for him. And he could really, I think he can reinvent himself as a six man. I really do. Yeah, I think he, I think he could really reinvent. Now, the thing that is interesting about OKC, and I've been watching them closely, is to see what they're going to do and address their bigs and their front line. Okay, I, I'm a huge Chet Holmgren fan. However, when you look at the other teams that are breathing down their neck right now, Minnesota and Denver. They both have bigs, and Chet right now physically is not able to handle those bigs okay and you start looking at the clippers then you start looking at new orleans and you start looking you know what if the lakers make it if they sleep in there you know seeking air that you know if they slip in there at the eight seed so you're going to need big bodies now i think they're going to have to address that situation so i'm going to look to see who they're going to pick up but i do like the pick that they're now addressing their depth with a veteran player, I think which is fabulous. And I'll be fascinated to see what they're going to do, especially having a number one seed, because with a number one seed, you're going to be expected to advance. So they're going to have to make what I would consider a basketball move moving forward, even though the trade deadline has expired or we're now past that. I think they're going to try to look up what I think they're going to try There's to still players on the buyout market, market, you know. Yes, yeah, so on the um, buyout market. But, but I like the Hayward fit because he gives them scoring off the bench. He's, I think, an underrated playmaker. 
he can shoot the ball. So some of the lineups where Josh Giddy isn't, you know, really maximizing the offense because of his, you know, teams helping off him and not worried about him shooting. I think adding Gordon Hayward in space of Giddy and some of those lineups does definitely give you an advantage and also a little bit of veteran experience. Uh, but there were more moves. The Dallas Mavericks were active today. One of the trades they made, they received Daniel Gafford from the Washington Wizards in exchange for okay. Rashawn Holmes and a 2024 first round pick from the Mavs, but via the Thunder. Is it fair to say that the Wizards now are officially in a in a full out tank? <laughs> but they've been in a tank, bro. Come well, on, I just said you like a, to call it a rebuilding phase. It's a yes. tank, bro. It's, okay. But it's surprising okay. they didn't trade Kuzma. They didn't try and trade Paul. They didn't trade Tyus Jones. You know, you'd think they'd trade some of those guys while getting some value back for them. But Daniel Gafford, a nice backup big for the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, their front court is kind of thin. Um, mm -hmm. they've received Daniel Gafford now who can play those backup big minutes for Derek Lively, which I think is is going to be a good addition for them. Gave up a first round pick though. Not ideal. Um, they made another trade we'll talk about in a sec, but a big trade from today is the New York Knicks remaining active. They managed to retain their nine first round picks because they gave up Evan Fournier, who wasn't playing for them anyway, Malachi Flynn, who they received from the Raptors, Quinton Grimes, who they've been looking to trade, Ryan Archie Diakono, who wasn't really playing for them. I think they signed him because he went to the same college as Brunson and Josh Hart and those guys. So he was there for the vibes. And two second round picks and cash considerations. And they received Alec Burks and Bojan Bogdanovich to bolster their scoring off the bench. And Bogdanovich is one of the best three-point shooters in the entire NBA. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, I think in the short term, I think it will help them address their situation because depth and they weren't playing a lot of players off their bench. So I think Alex Burke and and Bogdanovich will be two players who can will command minutes, whether or not they have a full roster or not. Now, the thing I'm, I'm I was fascinated about is what's going to happen once all those players come back, in particular Julius Randle, and to see how they're going to, you know, really distribute those minutes because those are good players, and. You know, Coach Thibodeau has a reputation as playing his players extended amount of minutes, his starters. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. But I think in the short term, you know, I think Precious Achua, I think that's a pronounce yep. his name, and Bodanovich and Burks, because they, they are down a few guys right now. Yeah, they've got eight so players think, on the roster in tonight's game that's going on right now. Yeah, so I think that will be, that will be great and for them in OG's the short term. OG's just had surgery on his elbow, so he might be out yes. for a little while. Yeah, so, but when all of those players are back, I think to me that's going to be their big issue. Um, when I say issue, someone's not going to play. Someone's yeah. not going to be in the rotation, and we'll I see how that Burks, works out. But Burks played for Tom Thibodeau in his previous stint in New York, and, um, you know, he knows the hard enough system and, and the tight shit that Tom Thibodeau ship, that Tom Thibodeau runs. And Bogdanovich is a light south three-point shooter, which just bolsters their offense off the bench especially. Um, as you said, their scoring was kind of lacking off the bench just a little bit. Um, the, well, it's not even their scoring. It was just those guys don't play. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It's literally – loves to play stars really full time. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I think it's going to be fascinating to watch when they all are available. But in the short term, I think it works because they have to play now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, the Brooklyn Nets received Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young from the Toronto Raptors in exchange for Spencer Dinwiddie. And Spencer Dinwiddie has since been waived by the Raptors. 
and is a free agent now to join whichever team he so chooses. The Nets receive Dennis Schroeder, who I believe is on contract for another year. A nice point guard floor general that they've got there. And Thaddeus Young, who I think he's being waived as well. A lot of these players, as, as you pointed out the other day on the show, these are financial trades and whatnot. That's why we're seeing so many of these players being waived after, you know, if you guys don't know what waived means, um, they're basically cut from the roster um, after these trades happen. So what do you think about that? I think Dennis Schroeder wasn't too happy about um, coming off the bench on a rebuilding team after the trade for Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, not to say that he had a problem with Emmanuel Quickly, but he just feels at this point in his career, he doesn't Listen, want to come off the bench on a rebuilding squad. And now okay, he's on the so Nets, here, who here, stink. I mean, here, here's the thing. And, and now I, this is the agent going to speak. Okay. I mean, this is really hard to say, but every agent has to say it at some point, whether you want to say it or not. It's not what the agent thinks or the players think. It's the people who are running these franchises. This is what they think. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we will all say Dennis Schroeder is a really good player. Mm -hmm. I think he's a really good player. He may World be a champion. starter. Yes, he he's a he's a starter quality player on a on a Playing championship team. caliber team. I, I, I mean, don't know. Now you you can argue whether he's not or not, but he's proven that he can play the game at the highest level. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Okay, he he can play in that level of game. I mean, he was clearly the best player this summer. We watched him play this summer. Yeah, you know, I think Cup. he was the MVP in the World Cup. So this this guy is very talented. Now, but here's the reality of the situation. The economics of this business, as I said yesterday, the day before, and the day before that, in talking with these teams, you can see they're making all, not all, a large percentage, probably 90% or more, as you're watching these trades, they're transactional trades. We, we just saw the Detroit Pistons wave the number seven pick in the hey, NBA we draft. got to the, the list of the way. No, no, I'm just so using it as an that. example. Yeah. You're seeing teams trade for players and then immediately wave them. Yeah. We're seeing trades now for cat reasons. We're not even talking about basketball. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Now, at some point, Dennis Schroeder, whether he wants to accept this or not, but every player is going to have to understand the economics of the business. We talk about the basketball business, but then we got to talk about the business of basketball. At some point, Dennis is going to have to understand what is his value and how other teams around the league and what they value him. I don't think at this stage of his career, there aren't many teams that are going to view him as a starting guard and then pay him what they think a starting player would earn in today's market. Yeah, the final year of his teams, deal next year is 13 million. I think now the market says, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent, I think the market says, just in an observation, that Dennis Schroeder was probably viewed as a high-level backup player who could start yeah. if need be. And he probably will get paid in that whatever that market is. Now, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I think that's how he's probably viewed. It doesn't mean that I view that. It doesn't mean, Mo, you view it. it. doesn't even mean he views it as himself. However, I bet if you did a survey and no one could attach their names to it, I bet most <laughs> GMs would say, <laughs> GMs would say, this is how we view him 
in today's market. Yeah. And that to me is the problem. So whether or not he's a starter on a rebuild or not, believe it or not, Mo, there's probably only seven to eight teams, I would say, that truly believe they have a chance. Yeah, if that. If, if that. they had to be completely honest. If Leon, yes. And now, some of the teams now are probably in positions they never anticipated. I'm not going to call these teams out. Some of these teams are probably in position. They were like, I didn't expect to be here. Okay. And now they're forced to, now they're, some teams, Mo, are in the playoffs right now in the top echelon, upper echelon of their conference who weren't even in the playoffs a year ago. Now, that's insane to me that you weren't in the playoffs a year ago. You're in a play, play-in game or something. And then all of a sudden now you're in the top four in the conference. What? So you can't tell me that you put together your team and said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to be, we didn't make it last year, but this year we're going to be one or two <laughs> or three. Yeah. That, that just, that just doesn't happen. And we only have about 30 games left here. So I think he has to take a hard look and say, where, where is talking about shorter? Where's his place in this game? And then if he's not comfortable with that, then he's going to continue to get moved around. And what I don't want to see for a player of his caliber is you keep getting moved around here and suddenly you find yourself as a minimum player. Mm. Because, you know, whether that report that came out of L.A. a few years ago where he turned <laughs> out, or said, okay, I don't know if it's true or not. Yep, and However, he signed a, a one-year minimum contract with the Lakers in 2022. That, that, that's what you don't want. You have to face the economics of this of this business at some point. Because he's a really, really good player, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the other trade that the Dallas Mavericks made today, uh, after we spoke about them receiving Daniel Gafford, was a trade for PJ Washington. And they gave the Hornets Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a 2027 first round pick. Oh, Seth Curry goes back to North Carolina. That's cool. I mean, he's going to cool be there him. with his family. That's cool. Yep, that, yep. I think that, that, that could be a good place for him. I think that could be a good, good place for him. I want to know what the heck is going on in the Dallas front office. Grant Williams, you signed and traded for this summer, and you gave up a first-round pick swap. And now you give up another first-round pick to get rid of him because he hasn't had the best start to the season. If you said to me, that the price of PJ Washington is two first round picks, Grant Williams and Seth Curry. I don't know if I'd do that deal when you look at it in its entirety. Because they, did, they didn't just give up the pick swap, they gave up another pick and a second round pick in that when they signed Grant Williams. Well, who's who's running basketball now? And is it is, Nico is Harrison? It, okay, Nico. Okay. All right. Cause I know I don't I don't know what was going on. Cause you always dealt with Mark Cuban. So if it's Nico, okay. All right. That's fair. But Mark Cuban um, must still be around, but yeah. Well, here, here's what I'll say about this. I think the kid, P.J. Washington, is, is, a, is a good player. He's I think a he's a good player. fit with Luca. And it did. It wasn't the best start for, for Grant no. Williams down no. there. It wasn't, no. Grant, it wasn't the best start. I th- Grant Williams, he's not a West Coast player, in my opinion. Meaning, you know, he's not a guy that's running up and down, freely shooting threes. He's an East Coast player. You know, he's he's a physical player. I think he values defense. I think he's a winning player on a, on a winning team. And I don't think their style of play fit his style. So I think this is a good 
chance for Grant to kind of get back. Now, clearly they're in Charlotte. You know, that's a that's another conversation. But I think he's back on the East Coast. And maybe this could be a new home for him because it, it, clearly they have to make some changes down there in Charlotte. Okay. They are in, in a state of transition down there for sure. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> maybe, maybe they will find, he will find a home because I think he's a good player. Yeah. I think so you'll have a good end to this season, show what you can do. And then, and maybe you can talk about something this summer. So I think, um, yeah, you shout know, out to Grant, be a friend of the show, yeah. Grant Williams. Big up to yourself. Um, but I, I am excited to see how PJ Washington fits with Kyrie and Luca. I think as a lob threat, he's there and play him at the four. Derek Lively. At I think five. it's going to be tough for him. You know, listen. And the reason I say that is because when you are when you are a a, a third option, you have to be a specialist. Mm-hmm. And that, and more times than not, you're you're a shooter. And he's a to me, he's a volume player. He's not a knockdown shooter. You know, he's not like Clay Thompson in his heyday. Clay Thompson was, he was open. He was making that shot. Where this kid, PJ Washington, I think he's more streaky. He needs touches. He needs to get involved. Well, Luca and Kyrie, outside of those two, who else is going to get touches? So I think it's going to be fascinating to watch his role down there. And I don't view him as a specialist on the defensive end either where no. he is going to be the guy who's going to guard the other teams whatever position we're playing Luca at now you know so we'll see how that plays out yeah we're gonna quickly move on before you get into your mavericks rant um the suns made a move <laughs> the suns with their limited assets made a move they okay. picked up a veteran 3d player in royce o'neill and uh, okay i think they also added me bj oh okay well that's good david Roddy. By the Grizzlies. Okay. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, if you guys don't know, BJ thinks that I am David Roddy in disguise. Um, yes. The Grizzlies yes. received a future pick swap, Yuta Watanabe, and the Nets received three future second round picks. And there will be some sort of salaries. I think uh, Keita Bates, Diop, or, or some sort of other salaries are going to be involved. But the, the Suns managed to get more depth with just giving up a few second round picks, which I think is a good move given their limited asset pool. They didn't have to trade Grace Allen or Nasir Little or any of the guys who had movable salaries. Yeah. I like that um, for them. Yeah, I, I do too, but I don't know where he plays, Royce. I mean, I don't know where he plays. I, I don't know where he plays. Well, as in with this Suns team? Yes, with this Suns team, as is. Coming off the bench on, on the three or the four. Okay, all right. I mean, know. we'll right. see. I don't know where he I, plays. I need to see I a like bigger sample size of all oh, yeah. them being healthy for a start. Now like they're healthy, but Bradley Beal's got a broken nose and he's wearing a mask. So I was yeah. like, okay, he needs surgery on it. When's that going to happen? Because one knock to his face, it could end out his whole season. So yeah, I don't, I don't know where he plays. But I will say this. I'm going to say this here right now. The way, the, the deals that I see the Brooklyn Nets making right now, this is a signal to me that they're going to, they're going to start moving all of their players. I think Mikhail Bridges now gets moved. In the summer. In the summer. I yeah. Think. I think the, the moves they're making and what they're doing is a signal to me of financially, this team is saying, listen, we spent a lot of money with the whole big three thing that they did. You know, when KD and these guys played, it was a lot of money spent. And now it, this, 
what it looks like to me is that they're going to go into a full out rebuild. That's what I, it looks like to me from the outside, from the outside. Yeah. So, um, but I, yeah, Royce O'Neal, I, I mean, I, I like him. We'll see how that works out. Well, you always say that teams don't like trading within their conference, uh, especially to other teams that are contending, but the Milwaukee Bucks and 76ers did a trade with each other. Patrick Beverly is going to Milwaukee and Philadelphia is receiving Cameron Payne and a 2027 second round pick. The Bucks were okay. obviously in dire need of some perimeter defense and Patrick <laughs> Beverly. You think, Mo, how did you figure that out? <laughs> oh man, that was, that was a tough one. I'm waiting for Doc Rivers to figure that out too. Um, but uh, Patrick Beverly obviously provides more defense. I don't think he plays at the same level he has previously in his career, but he provides the effort and energy and can really set the tone compared to what Cameron Payne was offering them. Interesting trade for the Sixers. I don't know why you'd strengthen another contending team within your conference. And you've just traded for Buddy Heald. Why do you want campaign? Can you make sense of this for me, for the Sixers side of things? I know why, why you Milwaukee want did why- it. Yeah, why do you want campaign? Well, you're gonna need a you're gonna need a player unless there's another player there. Then you're gonna need a player to back up um, Tyrese Maxey um, to play and and play the way they play now, right? They play they get up and down. So I I, I get it. You you it's like two positions. You you probably need to be three deep at that lead and, guard. And you position. like campaign as a backup better than Patrick Beverly as a backup. Yes, I do. Why? Because campaign plays fast. Pat Bev doesn't. Mm-hmm. Pat Bev doesn't play fast. He, and that's just the way. That's just that's just what it is. Like, uh, you know, I, I love Pat Bev. Pat Bev it does not create pace. You know, you hear me say this. And downhill, you got to play downhill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. you got to you got to play now. I'm not saying campaign is even playing at the at the level he played it, but he had some games there in Phoenix just a year or two ago where he was putting up some pretty nice numbers and coming off the bench. Especially when Chris Paul was injured. And when Chris Paul was injured. Okay, so we know he's capable. I love Pat Bev. However, Pat Bev is a more of a specialist. And what his specialty is, you know, he plays defense. And he can organize the games and he brings a level of toughness, so forth and so on. Now, I think this is a clear signal of what you and I have been talking about since Doc Rivers got there. But we've been talking about this all year. Their perimeter defense. They are the worst in the league. They're the worst. And if you've been following them since Doc Rivers, you know, has been sitting now in the in the head coaching spot. They're trying, but they just don't have the personnel to do it. So I like the fact that they are at least addressing the issue. You know, Pat Bev will give them a level of toughness. I think he will be able to address this situation. It's going to be fascinating to watch him and Damian Lillard, as far as I know. They they're they not don't like, like oh, each other. They don't yeah. like They were going to fight well, one in, in one yeah, game recently. Yeah. So I don't know if that's real or not. However, well, Pat, however, Bev, Pat, Bev, Pat Bev did a couple of things I like today. Uh, number one, he broke his own trade news before Woj and Shams. Um, he, he tweeted that he was going to be traded to the Bucks, But also he put out a video where he's like, man, I've got to fix my relationship with Damian Lillard. Now I'm okay, going to the yeah. Bucks. And I respect that. <laughs> now, now that I respect. Okay. That's called a true professional. Yeah, that's I mean, that's like what Chris Paul yeah. and Draymond had to do when, when Chris Paul went to the Warriors. Yeah, and that's what I, I that's what I, I I love I love it when people are professional 
That's why they call it professional sports, right? You know, listen, whatever happened, happened. I respect that too. You say things, he's on the other team. You should say that. However, when you get in the locker room, you're a professional. So that that's great. I think this is good for them on paper because they know they're going to need some player who's going to change their defensive presence. And hopefully Pat Bell still has enough in the tank because that's, that's very difficult to do. But if you remember just a year ago, his impact on the bulls was terrific. Yep. So hopefully he can have the same impact with this Milwaukee team. And he, and I think he can just because he doesn't need to score to impact the game. And to me, that's an art. Yeah. So um, we'll see how this works out, but I think it's at the very least, he will give the effort. And that's one thing that I love. He will give the effort on the defensive end. Well, we spoke earlier in the show about the Sixers trading for Buddy Hield. The Sixers, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, got one of the best three-point shooters in the league. Um, and obviously, the Pacers then lost Buddy Hield. So to address that void in their team, they traded for Doug McDermott from the San Antonio Spurs. And they gave up Marcus Morris, who is going to be waived by the Spurs, and a 2029 second-round pick from the Los Angeles Clippers. So... Doug McDermott, so he's played in Indiana before. Uh, I think he's played for Rick Carlisle before. Obviously, he doesn't do the same things that Buddy Hill did, but he does shoot that three ball pretty damn well. Um, what do you think of that move for them? You know, I'm a little concerned about this Pacers team. I'm a little concerned. And here's why I'm concerned about the Pacers right now. This is the same team that we were just singing the praises for during the, the start of the season. At the end season tournament, this is a team. This is a young team. They have they had a terrific first half of the season. Everyone's singing the praises of Halliburton, what they've done, da 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 da. da. Obi Toppin, all of these guys. And for a young team, they found their chemistry. Like they seemed to like each other. It was working, and then suddenly. They've been very, very, you know, active <laughs> since that time. Mm. And it hasn't gone great for them. Do you think that, that early season success sped up their expectations and then they're, they're now making moves I, that they shouldn't have? Well, I don't know what happened. But what I what I will say, though, what I will say is that whatever whatever is going on there, whatever is going on there, it hasn't worked out so far. And now you're bringing, yeah. Cause it's not been long that they've had Siakam, you know, you can, can still turn things around, but that's more yeah, in my eyes. For next season. But, but okay. But however, they had, people were saying they were uh, one of the top four teams in the, in the Eastern conference mm-hmm. at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the in season tournament stuff. When that in season tournament yeah. was going on. Now I'm not sure. So let me, I'm going to hold my evaluation here to see how this turns out. Because when you start making in-season trade in your, in your top five or top two, well, Siakam, Siakam is going to be one of those guys. You got to have to wait. And I, 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 I've watched them. I'm not sure they're the same team that I, that I saw that I really kind of enjoyed watching play at the earlier season. Now they have a new look, new team, new here. And then when you start taking away starters, I mean, Obi Toppin's now out, Siakam is in, Buddy Hill is now out, Bruce Brown is now out. I think it's a lot to overcome. But, you know, Halliburton has been in out of the lineup with a hamstring. 
So to me, I think this is a lot, but mm-hmm. we'll see how I like the talent, but they don't seem to have the same chemistry that they had earlier in the season. Yeah. A couple more, you know, kind of financial trades. The Bucks sent Robin Lopez to the Sacramento Kings, who's I think going to be bought out and or, or waived and become a free agent in exchange for cash considerations. Okay. The Celtics sent the Blazers a second round pick for Delano Banton, who hasn't really done anything in Boston. Okay. But the Celtics did make another trade that I really like. Okay. And also it goes back to why the heck are Philly trading with other contenders in the East? They gave up Jaden Springer for just a second round pick. Now, Jaden Springer, okay. I don't know if you've watched him recently, has been playing some outstanding defense against Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Steph Curry, some of the best offensive talents in the league. He's been locking guys up. And now, mm-hmm. remember I said on the episode about t- two days ago, what happens if Derek White gets injured or what happens if Drew Holiday gets injured and mm-hmm. you have to get paid in Pritchard big minutes? Now you have a guy on the bench who can play excellent defense at that position. Uh, what what are your thoughts on that? My only concern with your Celtics is what is Porzingis going to do <laughs> once the playoffs? Begin? Okay, we're not doing that. But no, no, I, this, I, I assume this I, move, all of these moves. Why are Philly giving a conference rival, a division rival, a player in exchange for just a second round pick? It's business. This is okay, but but well, when you become but, an executive, but, no, no, no. But be- I understand the business side of things. He's still on his rookie scale deal, earning two million dollars, and the Sixers have, well, I think they can have like fifty, sixty million dollars of cap space this summer. So that two million dollars isn't really moving the needle. Okay, well, unless I forgot something here, they just traded for Buddy Hill, right? Yes. Well, okay, well. I think they're probably gonna they want to keep Buddy Hill. Yes. I think I think Buddy Hill is is a pretty valued player for what he brings to the game, shooting. Right. And if if I recall, you know, when you start looking around the league now, a rotational player, a starting level player will probably command $25 million or more in the open market. Okay. But the question is, why are they doing these deals with their rivals in the Eastern Conference? Jaden Springer could be the backup point guard's Tyrese Maxey, but instead. They've given the Bucs a better defender in their lineup. They've given the Celtics more depth in their lineup and in return received Cameron Payne and second round picks. You may as well have not done those deals and just kept Jaden Springer. Okay. If I was the team, I would have done the deal. Why? Because I got to compliment my best player, which is provide him shooting. I have an all-star guard and I'm, why am I concerned about a backup guard? I have an all-star guard. Because you, and, like five minutes ago, said that they yes. chose campaign for a backup guard. So you would be concerned about yes. backup guard. Yes, I want a backup guard at a backup price. Yes, Jaden Springer is making $2 million this year. Yes. And uh, guess I, what? I, I, $4 million next year. Okay, that's fine. And I can get a backup guard for, like, minimum. Yes. <laughs> that's what, that's what I'm doing. He's making the same amount of money as campaign is anyway. Okay, I'm just I want the flexibility to do what I want to do. I can get a backup guard. Okay, okay, but a, th- a, this a, is my question though. My original question is why are they do these deals with their conference rivals? Because you said numerous because times on the you, show. But you so, okay, and there's are, 28 you, other teams they could have done these deals with. You, you when you're doing a deal, you got to find the team that fits your parameters of the deal you need to make and what you need to do. Now, you would prefer not to do a deal with a team that's going to help that you you don't want to help your rival 
You don't want to yeah, see this the is what guy, I'm asking. is it? Okay, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Their business says, we got to get this guy off our books for whatever the reason is. But I think that of the 29 other teams in the NBA, there would have been many other teams other than the Celtics who would have got Jaden Springer for a second round pick. Okay, that's you're allowed to think that. I can't claim. I, I don't know that answer to the question. All I know is when you are doing a deal, you want to do a deal and do it now. If a team says they want to do it right now and you need to get this guy off your books because your salary cap guy is saying, we're going to be here, da-da-da, or we got to get something off with, uh, you know, Buddy Hill and these guys. You're not trading for Buddy Hill to let him walk. So clearly mm. there's something, I'm not saying there's something already agreed to, but it's certainly implied no, that, that we like you enough. because that would be and that never happens yes, in the NBA. and it's certainly implied that we like you enough to trade for you. Yes. And we don't want you to walk away for nothing, so... Okay. I would okay. think that that's that's how it works. So Okay. Uh, there was one more trade, a financial trade. The Warriors sent Corey Joseph to the Indiana Pacers in exchange for a second round pick and cash considerations. I think the Warriors managed to shave a bit off their luxury tax bill with that move. Um, so not much to say there. I mean, they get a backup point guard in uh, in Indiana. Um, but then there was a bunch of players waived today. So real quick to end this episode, BJ, I'm going to tell you the players who are waived and you're going to tell me which team you would like to see them on? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, this gets really funny now, and I'm dealing with this now currently, Because is you got to see which teams actually have a roster spot. Yeah, that, well, there's the roster spot, and also the, I think there's seven or eight teams now in the league who, like second apron teams, can't sign guys who have been bought out or waived if they were making over the mid-level 12.4 million. Yeah. So some of these guys can't, like, for example, the Celtics couldn't sign a guy who, like Joe Harris, who was waived by the Pistons, the Celtics couldn't sign him, even though he's been waived from his contract because he was making over 12.4. But just let's say there's no restrictions on roster spots and no restrictions on salary. Just tell me where you would like to see them, where you think they would fit nicely. Yeah? Okay. Spencer Dinwiddie. Because all indications um, are that he's going to be back in Dallas. I would say New Orleans. Okay. Experience backup guard off the bench, uh, Victor Oladipo. Okay, he's he's been injured all year, so I, and he's he's been injured. I don't think he's ready to play. Yeah. Daniel House Jr. Lakers. Here's one for you, BJ. Your Detroit Pistons waived Killian Hayes, and you know where I want him to go. Where do you want him to go? San Antonio to build the French squad with Wemby. But where do you want him to go? You know, I, I, I'm I rooting for a kid like that. And, here, and here's why. Because the hardest position to play or learn how to play is the lead guard position. And and it's just, and on top of that, he's, he's a foreign-born player in the NBA. So, yeah, it's been a tough goal for him. And look, he was drafted what seventh or somewhere around there, but I still think he has some really good qualities about his really good qualities about what he brings to the guard position. I think he has size. I think he understands you know how to play. It's just been a tough goal for him. So I just hope he can find a place where he can get an opportunity to reach his potential, whatever that's going to be. Because I I don't think we've seen the best of him. I don't know how what that means for him 
right? Because he was drafted seven. I'm not saying he should be an all-star because he was drafted seven, but I do think he can be a productive player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that's at for him right now, but I, I, I will say this. I think he would be better suited to be on a, on a better, on a good team. Okay. Yeah. At this stage of his career. I don't think he is. He's never a, had that experience yet. So I don't think he, I don't think he is experienced enough or has the confidence to be a good player on a bad team. Mm. Okay. So I think he would be better suited to go to a good team and be, and fit into a role like, like, OKC, like yeah. he could play alongside some really good players because I think he's a good player on a good team. That's what I think he yeah. is. I don't think he's a good player on a bad team. Uh, the Pistons also waived Joe Harris, elite marksman, led the league. In Joe Harris doesn't hasn't times. been healthy. You know, Joe Harris when before he had an ankle, he had a bad ankle sprain, mm. and he hasn't been right since then. So I don't know what's going on with his health, but he hasn't had the the same spring in his step since that injury. So. You know, maybe it's good for him, you know, to maybe just get healthy. But I think he's a very valuable player when he is healthy. Now, I don't know where his health is at, but, you know, I, I could see him being on a good team right now and 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 being ready for a game or two. But he doesn't look healthy to me. He hasn't looked healthy to me since that ankle sprain there in uh, in Brooklyn. Well, what about a player who's recovered from the injuries that the Pistons also moved today? Uh, Danilo Gallinari. Did they waive him? Yeah, I believe so. Interesting. Um, well, he's coming off an ACL, right? Is or, yeah, or yeah, but that was yeah. last, not last out of the summer before last when he signed with the Celtics. And yeah, the well, season. well, maybe he just wants to be on a good team. I, you know, there's always a premium on shooting. I I thought when he went to the Celtics, I believe I think they, I, they signed him with I the Celtics. I think he'll be a great fit if we could get it back. Yeah, I thought that was a good fit for him. So he still looks like he can contribute because he can shoot the basketball so maybe that's his maybe that's his thinking that you know what i just want to be in a good situation and and detroit won't be a good fit for him but i think uh i think he can help a a, a team with his shooting alone i think uh he still has that so okay well that's all we're gonna do today we're gonna be back on monday with uh scott perry in the fold with us as well and we're okay. going to be telling you which teams we thought were the biggest winners and the biggest losers of the trade deadline. So stay tuned for that one. You want to subscribe to the show, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast from. BJ, you've now got all weekend to think about what you're going to say. So I'll leave you with that. Okay. All right. I look forward to good. seeing you on, uh, we'll, we'll record it before the Super Bowl because I know you guys like to enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. Um, any plans for the Super Bowl, BJ? While we're here, uh, Mo, that's this Mo, Sunday, Mo, right? We're, Mo, we're, we're just cooking and eating. That's what we do, Mo. Oh, that's you, what we you're do. Acknowledging the I thought you were going to ignore it because Detroit ain't there. Uh, well, we're, we're always looking for excuse to cook and eat. You know me. Well, so it's got all the, about the, ribs the food. On the barbecue again. Oh, Mo, we got food. I'll, I'll take a photo. You'll, you, you, yeah. you'll, you'll get the photo. You know yeah. how we do, Mo. When you, you said that to me on Thanksgiving, it took four business days for that photo to arrive. Yeah, Mo. It's, <laughs> and, it's and all about food. And guess what, guys? It wasn't even a picture BJ took. I could tell that he yeah. didn't even take that picture. <laughs> uh, Mo, it's, it's all about the food. It's all about food. You know that with me, Mo. So we'll have good food, and uh, we wish you could join us. We oh, man, I, I wish too, because I've just had a whole week of eating nothing but chicken breast and salad every single day. So we are going to still suffer through the weekend. But aside from that, we'll be back on Monday with the Hoop Genius Podcast. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And most importantly, get buckets.